Hello, everybody, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. This is Jeff, and unfortunately, David was not able to be here with us this week, so instead, we have the always wonderful Stephanie Cat. Stephanie, how are you today? Tired. But Tired. Tired and good. Tired and good. Enough, That's good. Well, what did you think of this episode of Survivor, Stephanie? I thought it was really boring. Any particular reason? I just, the season itself is really predictable, and the episodes just don't surprise me. They don't shock me. Like, nothing about this is just exciting me. So it was just really boring. You know, I actually disagree. I, I, th- I thought the episode was uh, fun, funny, not necessarily thrilling in terms of strategy, but I really liked a lot of the character development and things that went on. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit later when we get more into the nitty-gritty of the episode. But I, I, I disagree with you personally. I, I'm enjoying this season thoroughly, mainly because Cochran is on. But um, but that's beside the point. I mean, I love Cochran, but he's not taking the entire season. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, well, let's first, I suppose, start off with our confessional count. Uh, Stephanie, since David is not here, you can, uh, if you could please do a dramatic reading of David's, uh, picks, that would be wonderful. But first, before we do that, we're going to talk about last week's picks. Last week, uh, for the most confessionals, David picked Malcolm, whereas I picked Philip, and I was in fact correct. Philip had about five or six confessionals more than Malcolm. And for the least, he picked Eric, whereas I picked Brenda, and they in fact both had zero, which brings the score up to 10 to 11. David is still in the lead, but I don't expect that to happen for much longer. And for this week, for the most confessionals, I picked first, and I picked Philip for the most confessionals once again. And David picked... Corinne. Corinne, yes. That's going to be... Which pick do you think is going to win, Stephanie? Next week, which pick do I think is going to win? Yeah. I honestly... I honestly could see Corinne winning. I agree. I, I think Corinne might be even a better pick than Philip. I, I think those are the two that are obviously going to have the most confessionals based on the way the season's going. Like, clearly they're going to come to a head at some point. But I think Corinne might beat Philip out next week. Hopefully not, though. And for the least confessionals, uh, David got to choose Pritt first. So, uh, Stephanie, who did David pick? The always lovely Brenda. The always lovely Brenda. Um, I actually really enjoyed Brenda in this last episode. She had some really funny moments um, with her cheerleading. But uh, I picked Eric for the least confessionals. Those two have gotten pretty consistently low confessionals thus far. So, should be an Very interesting. Very by the way. I'm sorry? Very disappointing. Very, I agree. Um, I really liked them both in their first season. And I even like Brenda a lot more this season based on just the few moments that we've seen her. Her uh, cheerleading was just hilarious during the the reward challenge, I thought. And then uh, when they got to the reward, her muffin, 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 I thought was was really funny. But they aren't giving her any confessionals, unfortunately. So, but anyway, we will see how uh, the entire competition shakes out next week. And uh, other than that, I suppose we can move on to our DJ rules, or this week the. SJ rules for being a member of Stealth R Us. So, Stephanie, would you like to read the first SJ rule for being a member of Stealth R Us? The first rule to be in Stealth R Us. If Philip tells you to do something, 
you probably want to do it. Yes. This this uh this rule evidenced by Julia and Brandon and um basically uh, Francesca and a lot of other people. So Philip tells you to do something, you do it. Rule number two for being a member of Stealth R Us, live up to your nickname. You need to be the Conqueror or the Intelligentsia Attaché or the Quiet One. If you don't live up to your nickname, the the uh, oh the the specialist might see you as a threat. No wonder Eric has no professionals. Exactly, he's just trying to trying to fill his role. Rule number three, as per our wonderful leader Philip, you must acknowledge Boston Rob in every conversation. Yes, or as Philip calls him, BR. 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 Uh, BR is the leader, or the uh, the original founder of Stealth R Us. And he is uh, seen as a demigod in Stealth R Us Inc. Incorporated LLC. So make sure that you acknowledge the great and powerful one in every conversation. Rule number four, always report back to your leader. In this case, Philip, we saw that this uh, probably did wonderful things for Dawn, when she reported Julia's uh, subversive actions to Philip. I think that helped Don's status quite a bit in the game. And rule number five, which leads from rule number one. In order to make sure that you do what Philip tells you, don't get on his bad side. Yes, it's actually interesting because it seems like everyone wants to get Philip out, but nobody really wants to be the one to say it first, and so they're all kind of folding to his will, it would seem. Which I find, uh, I don't like it personally. What like, was it? In this episode alone, I think Cochrane, Dawn, and Corinne all had confessionals about how they all want to get Philip out, but they need to keep him around longer, so they can't get him out right now, because it'll look bad if they get him out before the merge. Right. And I think, uh, I think it's also interesting because they know that if they don't if they start those kind of let's get Philip out conversations, then it's quite possible that one of the other people will go back and talk to Philip about said conversation. So they don't want to be the one to start it because that could lead them into a world of hurt, but they all want him out, which is really interesting. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think? Do you, do you think uh, if you were in the game, would Philip be your number one target? I think it depends. I honestly see, like, obviously I wouldn't want to spend time with the guy, but sometimes the more annoying people are the ones you want to keep around longer because the more they annoy people, the less likely they are to win. Do you think Philip has a chance at winning? Not at all. Do you think that coming into the game, he could have possibly played a game in which he won? Or do you think his previous status as a, just a crazy person? No, oh, I think that there was a chance he could have won, and he started off really strong, but I don't think he has a chance of winning right now, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, David and I have talked a lot about kind of how we think uh, everyone's going to do in the game, but uh, who is your pick to win? Um, well, I actually thought about this the other day. I have to. I'm stuck right now between Andrea and Cochran as being my picks to win. It's actually funny that you say that, because David's pick to win is Andrea, and my pick to win is Cochran. Well, obviously. So, uh, why, and what do you think would need to happen in order for each person to win? Okay, well, I think that in order for each person, both of them can't be in the end together. But I think that what needs to happen is 
Andrea needs to wisen up to Malcolm's ways and out that alliance, which will be pretty easy once the merge comes because she'll get back with Philo. And Cochran needs to just keep doing what he's doing. Right now what he's doing is playing low. He's in the majority. He's not being stupid. He's thinking with his head. He's doing whatever he didn't do last time. And I feel like he'll wind up being in the better position to take advantage because people won't even think that he's a threat. I actually agree with you quite a bit. I think Cochran is playing pretty darn close to what I would consider a, I wouldn't say a perfect game. Like, it's no, it's no, you know, season 22 Boston Rob. But he's playing pretty darn close to the best game you could play in his situation, I think. Um, I, I mean, his, uh, not only is he doing a lot for the fans with his funny confessionals and kind of his just general attitude, which I, I really like, but he's also, you know, he's, he's loyal, but he also has his one person that he can stick around with. He is, uh, doing really well in kind of, I mean, he's not doing very poorly in any of the challenges, right? He's not, he's never been great at challenges, but that's just, you know, he, he isn't. Um, but I think he's playing a pretty darn good game, and in fact, I'd say that he might be playing the best game of anyone out there right now. I agree. So, uh, Andrea, I thought she had a chance at winning, but, I don't know, after seeing the last couple episodes, I'm, not, I'm really not sure that she does anymore. She's kind of fallen into the background. I think it's just because the storyline is starting to be more Malcolm, and Andrea's role in that is going to come up once we figure out how much of a downfall he's going to have. You think Malcolm's setting up for another downfall? Yeah, and I have a feeling she's going to be part of it. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, what what exactly do you think is going to happen with Malcolm? I think that he's making now an alliance of all the strong people, and even though he has friends and other people are there, somehow the idol's going to get played. Well, Reynolds' idol will probably get played, and that'll kind of start to break that alliance up, and then Malcolm will wind up being, being in danger, and he'll have to play his. And once he doesn't have his anymore, it'll be easy to just get rid of him. Yeah, see, I think it's going to happen in some sort of fashion, like um, Malcolm will make his alliance with Reynolds, but Corinne will find out and tell everyone that Malcolm has an idol, and that's going to hurt Malcolm because um, it's going to obviously expose him for having an idol and not telling his alliance. Philip's going to get really mad at Malcolm, and Malcolm is going to just do his general Malcolm things and end up... End up failing. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I think that's what's going to happen is that he's just going to, he's going to forget maybe that he told Corinne about his idol and end up, uh, end up in a world of hurt when she tells either, if Corinne goes with Michael, she'll tell Michael's alliance. And if Corinne ends up staying with Stealtha Russ, she'll obviously tell them, uh, once she finds out that Malcolm is no longer with Stealtha Russ. I think Malcolm's best move right now is just to stay with Stealth R Us. Don't worry about being a threat until... Because, you know, Philip's season was kind of centered around get rid of the enemy before you get rid of yourself. And if Philip really is living with Boston Rob's rules, then he won't get rid of Malcolm until there's, what, six people left, right? And then that's when Malcolm can start to make those inter-alliances and, uh, and, and do all that fun stuff. What, what are Malcolm things? I'm confused. He just get he just 
he just does like random weird things, like not uh, align, not agree to align with Denise at the end of Philippines. Like he just makes some really questionable moves when when he's in really good situations in the game. Like showing his well, showing his idol maybe wasn't a bad move, but I feel like I don't know. I just I feel like he does some weird things sometimes. But anyway, I digress. No, that makes sense. I was just confused. I was like, what are Malcolm things? (laughs) I just feel like Malcolm's that one guy who, he could play Survivor a hundred million times, and he will always get fourth place or something, you know? And always get really close and never get, and never win. Right. He just has that look about him. That would be what Rob's sister Nina would have been like if All-Stars never happened. Right. Or if all stars happen the right way. What would have been your right way for all stars to happen? Not the well, whatever people want to happen was never going to happen because when you have people in the game who know each other already, there's all this free game drama. But if that hadn't happened and the game had played out regularly, just without people having to vote people out for stupid reasons, then I think Rob would have gotten close, but still wouldn't have won. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. I was a big Rob Sesternino fan. I'm really sad that he had to leave in All-Stars the way that he did. But, you know, everyone's got their Survivor Destiny, and his was just uh, to suck, I guess. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah. So this episode... <laughs> Yes, sorry. No, uh, I thought one of the most, I thought one of the best parts of the episode was Cochrane's, um, Cochrane's analysis of the flavor of vanilla. <laughs> it made me realize how much I really don't like vanilla. You don't like vanilla? I'm more of a chocolate girl myself. Wow, I'm shocked, Stephanie. I would have. And it was so funny. I was like, wow, this is really accurate because I don't like vanilla because it's plain. And there's nothing to it. But people actively seek out vanilla-flavored products. Kids clamor for vanilla ice cream. Yeah, my my, my baby cousin likes vanilla. <laughs> I, vanilla was always my favorite flavor. And let me tell you, Julia is not my favorite flavor. <laughs> You're not a Julia fan? I, I wouldn't say I'm not a Julia fan, but I'm, de- I, I'm definitely not... I, I wouldn't say I actively dislike Julia. In fact, I don't have many active feelings about Julia at all. <laughs> so I'm not sure that Julia has many active feelings about Julia. Hey, she—I mean, she's pretty interesting on Twitter. I've heard. <laughs> well, and that's in her pregame interview. She seemed somewhat dynamic and and interesting, but it was she. I don't know if she just was tired the entire game or what happened, but she was definitely not playing Survivor in the way that you should. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Even the couple of confessionals she had, like, once we realized people were saying she was boring, they just started talking, and we were just like, yeah. Okay, so now we understand why she's getting no confessionals, because her confessionals are terrible. Then she would have a confessional, and she would just be like, say something, and we're just like, she's so monotone, and like, I feel bad saying that about her, but it's true. Right. Right. So you weren't exactly sad to see her go? No. Because I like Michael, so since it's between the two of them, I think I'd you, rather see him in the You love your gay? Oh, yeah, totally. 
<laughs> so speaking of uh, Michael and Corinne and her gay, um, are you a fan of Corinne this season as much as you were in Gabon? Because if I remember correctly, you were a pretty big fan of Corinne in Gabon, correct? Um, I was a fan of The Onions. I don't know if Corinne is my favorite of The Onions. I haven't rewatched Gabon in a while, so I don't remember if I totally liked her. I did know that I kind of liked Sugar, which means I probably didn't like Corinne all that much. But um, I'm enjoying her this episode. I think that her snark is awesome. But I don't know if she's necessarily, like, my favorite character. I'm kind of getting sick of her. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be sad when she goes. I don't think she's going to last too much longer. I'm not going to be sad when she goes. But I'm also, like, not going to – I'm not, like – I don't know. See, I I need her to stay because my original pick was uh, her, Dawn, and Cochran for the final three. So, and f- actually, my I thought Philip was first boot, but I uh, wish she was first boot. Oh, I wish too. I had Frances- Francesca as second second boot off of the favorites, but uh, Philip is first boot overall. So that was sad, but yeah, I I agree. Like, I really like Corinne. I I I'm not getting tired of her. Like. Some of the things she says, I think, are really, like, quite terrible. Like, I love my gay, which I don't think is a very flattering uh, term. But, um, you know, whatever. I, I like Corinne for the TV rather than for the um, rather than for who she actually is. But I think uh, I like her a lot more than Philip. That's for darn sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's definitely a better character. And I'd rather hear her confessionals that's fair that's fair yeah her gameplay is definitely like splitting the votes was clearly the right decision in this instance and on that note ladies and gentlemen clayton spivey has joined the conversation uh he was originally supposed to call us but he was a little bit late but now he's back so uh we'll continue the conversation now with clayton Clayton, how are you today? I'm good, you guys? Oh, we're great. What did you think of the episode? Um, I mean, I love that we get to see more Korean, so that's always welcome. But, I mean, I feel like it was rather lackluster when it comes to the actual action. But, like, Julia going home, that was just sort of boring. Okay, they're gone. Yes, well, we were just discussing how Julia herself was just basically kind of boring. That was her her lot in the game, and she was... Uh, we even discussed for a little bit Cochrane's vanilla quote, so... Um, I think that's a little harsh, but yeah, but... Comical. Wait, I think something was harsh on TV. <laughs> Thought they were all supposed to just be nice, the nicest people ever. Exactly. Um... Confessional sort of um, shows us that she probably was actually really boring, and it's not just editing. Right, yeah. and well, and yeah. I we, said how people were saying things were boring, and then she actually has a confessional where she's talking, and, and, and she's just so monotone, and it's just like no wonder. <laughs> um. So, Clayton, what we were also talking, and I guess this would kind of be the next logical, uh, based on the way, what we're talking about with editing, is Brenda seems to be getting a really bad edit, but she seems to be having some of the funniest moments. The she earlier in the season she was dancing with Philip. Uh this episode she was doing her cheerleader and then during the reward she was all about the muffins. 
So why are they giving Bre uh, Brenda and even Eric such a bum edit? You know, I don't know if it's because right now they're just... I, I sort of have a theory on edit. I feel like they're, it's so Philip-heavy, and same like with it was so Brandon-heavy for a while, because they're going out relatively early, so then they're trying to get all they can out of them. I mean, that's just one of the theories I've been thinking of, but um, I think with those two, I just think they're not... They haven't been important to the way votes have shaken out and I mean Brenda have I mean her first season other than strategically she wasn't very entertaining I don't think and then Eric um, seems to be laying a little bit more low so I mean I just think they're just there's bigger personalities this time around than there were in their original seasons fair enough um who's your pick to win at this point oh my god that's so hard right now I feel they're all over the place. Um, you got you only. There's only twelve choices. Oh my god. Um. Mm, so hard. Um, I would say um. Favorites wise, uh, Don or Cochran. Yeah. Um, another Cochran. There we go. A lot of people yeah. are saying Cochran. I mean, he's. I think he's actually playing decent this time. And he's getting enough confessionals, you know, to make him. Um, and he's not getting the dodo music much either, which is surprising. <laughs> were you were you a Cochran fan the first time around? I mean, I wasn't a Cochran hater, but I wasn't like in love with him. I think I was rooting for him because the whole fan thing. But fair enough. Yeah, I'm not, um, yeah, not very. I'm not impressed with the really favorite, and they're entertaining, but I feel like no one is playing very smart. They're just sort of letting Philip do whatever. I do think what's good about what the favorites are doing is they all stuck together. Um, but as for the fans, I would say my early pick was actually Michael. Well, my first pick was uh, Reynolds, but then I feel he's too douchey, and then uh, and then Michael. But I don't see. Either of them winning now, so I think it'll be Don or Cochran. Do you think there's a chance of any fan winning? Um, Sherry has been too non-existent as of late. Uh, Reynolds just seems. I feel like they're shoving us down, uh, shoving him down our throat, editing wise. But I feel like he's just going to be a big character later on. But I, I don't think he has a chance of winning. I think he's too douchey. And then, um, and then Matt. I could see Matt would be the only one I would think would win out of them. I was going to say, Matt's going to win? Is there like, yeah, redemption with that now? Michael. <laughs> yeah, I, I think at this point, um, a fan win is is uh, anything but likely. I'd say Michael's probably your most likely. Um, Eddie probably won't win. Sorry, Stephanie. Reynolds, again, being shoved down our throats is exactly what you said, and Sherry has been non-existent. So I think you have a really good analysis of the fans uh, and, and of the favorites, I think. So, but something tells me that something ridiculously crazy is going to happen. Um, you know, Jeff Probst does say stupid things sometimes, but he did say that this season was better than the Philippines, and part of me has to, part of me has to trust him just a little bit. Like, uh -huh. I know it's dangerous, and I know that most people would punch me in the face for saying that, but part of me has to say that he's not just lying to our faces. 
I don't buy the perks hate. I'm not one of those, so I agree. Yeah. So, and I mean, the season hasn't been terrible, right? So if there's a really, really good post-merge, I could see this season becoming, you know, one of those top-tier seasons. You know, it's not like the first half was just wretchedly bad. Yeah, and I mean, Micronesia, uh, the original Sam vs. Sabres, had a pretty straightforward um, pre-merge just like this one did, though. Right, well, you got rid of... Johnny Fairplay, and then you got rid of Mary. Yao, the Yao Man boot was kind of interesting, but then you got just got rid of Mikey B. Like, you just kind of went down the alliances after that. Uh, you had a medical evacuation. But other than that, yeah, you're absolutely right. It wasn't particularly... Uh, particularly. I would, too. I, I really liked it. But... Right. The what alliance? The case. What? Oh, you guys didn't hear about the case. Okay. So, on POS, for, or for all of your listeners who don't know, Previous Land Survivor Facebook group, um, one of the persons that i watching and the alliance of the four alpha males on Gota is now called the case. Why not Cool Kids Table Part 2? Because the case is more um, derogatory. The case? C-A-S-E? Yes, the case. The case is I feel like whoever was coming up with these nicknames was stretching it a little bit. I mean, I think it fits, and it's easier to stay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, those four. Ugh. So disappointed in Malcolm. Disappointed. I yeah. Stephanie and I were talking about that before you got on about how Malcolm's uh, destiny and survivor. He could play a hundred million times and he'll always get close, but not close enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like he's. Uh, last time he did the whole uh, with the old the old woman. You know, the old man, two old women and one old man. I thought he's trying to overcompensate. Right. I think, I I understand where he's coming from. I understand his thought process. He figures, like, he is an alpha male. Here are other alpha males. If he works with them rather than against them, it won't put as much of a target on his back. Think how, if you're working with all the alpha males and you're both nice and strong, going to fight you in the butt. Yep. Oh, one thing that David and I usually like to talk about is the challenges. I'd like to say that this, I thought these two challenges, I mean, obviously the the reward challenge has been used multiple times before, um, but I really like that reward challenge. And, but I thought the immunity challenge was awesome. Why? The end of the challenge is a carnival game again. Yeah, but I, I really like the idea, like, uh, I don't know if you saw there was a, um, there was a, video posted to cbs.com that kind of showed the background of the challenge and i just thought it i thought it was a cool challenge like this statue i thought was really cool and 
I don't know. Dawn was messing with us on Twitter. She was acting, um, she was saying, oh, I love this challenge so much. I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to win one? So I was like, oh, cool. If she loved it, they must have won it, right? But no. I was sort of hoping uh, that uh, Goda would have won the title so we could see if Malcolm falls through with that grow alliance thing. Do you think that Philip actually threw the challenge? No. I agree. Do you think they think Philip threw the challenge? No. Because no one, I think no one really cares. They all know Philip's crazy. But they know it's just like, hey, just get to the numbers. I mean, I would would be shocked if, say, they all get to eight, which I doubt is going to happen. I'm sure there'll be some type of shakeup. If they all Probably people who I think may have or may have actually acknowledged that Philip threw the challenge or may have had the thought process if she said he threw it that it was true would have been Dawn because she seems to just be going and believing with anything she's hearing at this moment. She's very naive and I'm not really I don't understand why. And Julia I think Dawn's naive. I don't think I think she's just going with the flow and not trying to rock anything right now. But she's coming off as being very naive. Yeah. Is it naive? Do you think? Do you think that's actually her? Do you think her strategy is to just kind of be the reactionary one? I, I think it's. I think it's all strategy. I don't think. Um, I don't think it's her being naive. I think. I think. What do you think about Dawn the second time around? I, I like her a lot. I liked her the first time a whole lot. I really also like her this time. I think that she's maybe playing a bit too. I don't want to say under the radar because she's not really under the radar. But I don't think she's, I don't think, I mean, I think to win Survivor, you have to telegraph your game to a certain extent, and I don't think she's doing that enough. I don't think she's coming off as a strategist to the other players, which could potentially hurt her in a jury situation. I honestly feel like she is. I feel like we're not being shown quite as much of it just because we have such polarizing people, Well, she's not very polarizing. But I think her, if you look at the way the votes have gone down, I think her and Cochran have really been deciding what happens each and every vote. I agree, but I don't think she's been, I don't think people realize that. I think people are giving Cochran more credit than Dawn, when it's really probably a 50-50 split. I understand that the two of them working together. I honestly think that people are giving Dawn more credit than is deserved. I think that both of them are working as a pair even though they don't want to, but they know they both trust each other, so they're working. But mm-hmm. I find to be, as a character, to be a little bit overrated. Oh, hmm. yeah. I mean, I was, I was surprised when they brought her back to this. And I, I feel bad saying that I just, I really, I'm not enjoying her at all this season, like at all. Uh, really? Uh, I, I disagree, but that's yeah. allowed. Oh, what about the reward challenge? Philip was saying how he was going to do the whole thing by himself, and then he basically failed at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, actually, um, are we, uh, me and um, Jess, and I don't know if you guys know who, know who Costa is, but we're we're Team Intermino for Reality Rally, and we're actually racing with Philip. He's our racing partner. Better hope it's not a water. You better hope there's no water involved. I know. I I told. I said I was gonna mess with him and say, um, hey, uh, you want to run? 
And you better hope that you don't have to be tethered together. Oh, I know. No, I don't think it, Actually, I think there is one thing where there's some type of tethering together, but oh, hey, it's okay. worth it for the possibility of getting Stealth or Us nicknames, you know? Clayton, if you get a Stealth or Us nickname, I'm going to be so jealous. <laughs> uh, we're, we're wearing, um, our plan is we're going to wear pink shorts. Um, oh, imagining you wearing pink right now. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't want anything pink. I have to go buy something. No, but, I mean, that challenge was just ridiculous. It was just so out Well, I really like how Philip, for a while, tried to make it seem as if he was just, oh, no, I don't want you guys to get tired. And really, and then he's finally like, you know what? I'm tired, and I'm fat, and I'm... Oh, no, no. no, and then as soon as everyone else, like, doing it in the back, she's like, guys, we have to run. And Michael goes, okay, let's start running. And Corinne starts running. And Cochrane starts running. And as soon as they all start running, Philip goes, no, I can't run, I'm tired. <laughs> Yeah. Pride wasn't letting him drop. Well, now that we're talking about that challenge, um, I don't know if you talked about this before, but I don't think it should have been randomized. I think that really set it up for a really jacked up um, stacking. I think it happened in one world and it and it happened again. Uh, what do you, What do you think they should have done in that situation? I I personally think they should have done a a tribe captain type pick. Well, it wasn't randomized. Yes, it was. Yeah, but it, 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 first of all, it stacked it to make sure, you know, it'd be four, uh, three on each side, which wasn't quite fair. And um, I think it would have been a lot better because this way we got stacked with one tribe. is like literally what they call them, uh, like Don calls them on Twitter, the bold and the beautiful. Like it's like that one by itself. I don't think it was quite there. No, I mean it was obvious. Like it was randomized to the point where there was going to be four and three, but those four and three were up for up in the air. But uh, yeah, I think probably the best way to do it is usually team captains, because not only does it cause the tribes to be a bit more even, but I think it also causes more drama. Uh huh. Um, but that the tribe swapping the bone was really good. Yeah, that was a great way to do it. Nicaragua, they did the, the, the captains, and I think the tribes seemed pretty even. Didn't they each lose? Oh, like, I think the one in Gabon where they had to rank everybody. Yeah, rank the most to the least useful person on the tribe, and then um. Every other person was on the chat. No, because they, after they ranked them, then they did captains, and the ranking just kind of gave everyone a, a gauge of. Of everything. Right. The first rank was the captain. But no, I, I agree. I think it was kind of a little unfair to do completely random because that's when you get situations like this. And to be fair, the quote unquote bold and the beautiful tribe are not really the people that I would have wanted to stick around. Like, I wanted to see Matt stay. You know, I could care less about Julia, but I want to see Matt and Cochran and Don and uh, Corinne stay in the game and Michael. Like, I, I, I could care less if Brenda and Eric are there at this point. Okay. Or I Eddie. Agree. Yeah, they're really irrelevant. So, for the sake of the storyline, we don't really want them to stay. But for the sake of them, like, I mean, like the favorites and people who I was looking forward to seeing again, Eric, I really want to. Stay. Like, I want him to go far. I want him to stay as long as possible. I have a thing with Eric. Because okay, do you remember in in the first couple episodes, I was looking at um, Eric, and every time we saw Eric, he was he was. Uh, 
really, I think, pitched to us as the anti Philip. But I think that's Corinne has sort of taken over that role. I feel like that might come into play later when it comes to Eric. Like, Eric could very well flip to, you know, give the pros alliance, you know, some majority because he doesn't want to work with Philip. So I think Eric's going to be important at some point. He had, like, it It makes me so angry when they do this to people. Like, it's so clear that you can eliminate certain people from winning that as easily as, as you can, right? I think they should try to make it as clear as possible, or not as clear as possible. They should try to, like, mu- muddle it up as much as possible to who's going to win. Like, clearly, Brenda, Eric, Eddie aren't going to win. Yeah. Like, Julia um, wasn't going to win. I just hate when they do that to certain people. You know, some people, I know uh, Denise, while she had her first two two or three episodes were really strong, but then she had, like, a dead spot for, like, a good four episodes until Merge hit, and then a couple episodes after that, she was, um, she showed up a little bit. So I, I don't know. Their, their editing, as of late, is confusing to me. <laughs> They're trying to throw us curveballs these days. Right. That's fair. I don't know, but like, like throwing us a curveball. If if Brenda or Eric wins at this point, that's quite a curveball. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think everything would be skewed when it comes to seasons like this, where it's you know there's a lot of favorites and stuff. Because the only way I can see Brenda and Eric winning right now is if one of them was at the end with Philip and like Corinne. And they and the, and the jury couldn't vote for either one of the two because they just fought the whole season. Or Philip and Reynolds, and then it could be like Natalie White. But still, like they're they're so far behind. Mm-hmm. Like at least Natalie White was kind of relevant. Yeah. Well, I feel like uh, Brenda is purposely playing down. I think it's hurting her in airtime. But I think she's purposely came into this game playing down because she knew her original reputation was this girl's the, the super strategist. You know, that's that's what she's known for her season. So then she needs to come into this one and be a lot, uh, you know, more under the radar. So I think it's not translating well to good TV when you have people like, you know, Philip and Corinne and even Tucker, I guess, that are like confessional wars. Yeah, what do you guys think is going to happen? What's your predictions? My prediction, well, my prediction is probably going to be some kind of predictability of Michael, Sherry, or Eddie going, if only because at all the fans know that Reynolds has the idol, and then Malcolm made this alliance, and then Corinne is going to want to try and get involved with it. So either Sherry's going to go for being a complete outsider and not being relevant with anyone, Michael's going to go because... He's with Corinne, and they need to separate him away. Or Eddie's going to go because Reynolds going to want to play the idol, and he's going to be the one who goes home because of it. I'm going to call this week being the uh, Corinne Phillips showdown. I think one of those two is going to go home. I think uh, they're just going to blow up, and everyone's going to have to take sides, and it'll end up being one of them. I would love if that was. I think like that showdown has to happen at some point. It's just the question is when, and I think it's going to happen next week. See, the way I see the uh, merge shaking out is 
I think edit-wise and based on like the way things are looking, I feel like every time I see Reynolds, I think of Troy Zan. I feel like he's going to be in the Troy Zan position, like the pain in the ass that, you know, has like, you know, a well-placed, you know, idle play or a well-placed, you know, immunity win and he'll be like one of the last person of the opposition alliance of the majority and he's just sort of going to be there. And then um, I do think we're going to have a favorite leave sooner rather than later. And I would assume it would be either um, Corinne or Thor. But anyway, there's not really too much more to talk about in the episode. Um, so I guess that's where we'll leave it. Uh, make sure that you check out uh, our podcast at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast on Facebook and iTunes. And make sure you check it out at survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And Stephanie and Clayton, was there anything you guys needed to plug and or promote? Um, not especially. I mean, uh, I'll, uh, you can donate to uh, Reality Rally at realityrally.com, just in general, for breast cancer, all of reality fans and, men and stars and stuff. Oh, and you can follow my, my tweeting account, uh, Hair of Malcolm, if you want. Hair of Malcolm. Stephanie, anything you needed to say? No, except that if any of y'all are planning on going to celebration in August, you should look forward to meeting me because Sounds great. Well, that's where we'll leave you folks today. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening, and uh, make sure that you check out all of the David and Jeff Survivor material, including the Apprentice podcast, and Jeff's Survivor blog at jeffsurvivorblog.blogspot.com. I'm going to try that again. Make sure you check out Jeff's Survivor blog at jeffsurvivorblog.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening. Bye.